Welcome to a Spotify exclusive, an Apple podcast exclusive, the not YouTube exclusivity. It's really just a bunch of podcast platforms. This is not going to go on YouTube. I've made up my mind. I had all day to figure out how I wanted to react to Smash Summit 11, but guess what? Let's tell my version of the events leading up to and also during and also after this event. So last week was fairly was fairly busy for me uh, in terms of the IRL stuff, my living life in terms of working and working full time, by the way, and being a husband and being a father and doing normal other life stuff, family you get it. So now we get to Thursday where Melee starts becoming a thing because Summit 11 is kicking off. There's a lot of media day type stuff happening and we're starting to get into things like basketball, the obstacle course, all kinds of fun stuff. And then Friday start to have pools. Some little tickles in the Melee chin, if you will, because these sets do definitely matter because they determine seating for the final bracket but you also know that you're not going to be eliminated one way or in the or the other on this very day of friday so the stakes were not necessarily at the highest peak and we'll get there we shall get there but i can barely remember friday because we were pretty busy that day when i was while i was off from work and then I recorded an interview with Ekans, who some of you may not have listened to that interview yet, or maybe some of you have already listened to it. But the point is, is that I recorded an episode with, I recorded an interview, excuse me, with Ekans on Friday night. So that was Friday. And then Saturday, more pulls than the gauntlet stage. So now things are starting to get a little bit more serious for the competitors down at Summit 11. There's one or two sketches starting to leak out. Oh, now I need to think carefully about this because JD from the Wannabes podcast was explaining this to me about skits versus sketches and was very insistent that I needed to call the Summit stuff one or the other. Was it skit or sketch? Oh, no. Well, anyway, the point of all that is, is that the comedic stuff was starting to blossom forth. So that's Summit 11 in terms of the pools going into the gauntlet stage. By the way, I like the format of the gauntlet. I saw Aiden responding to another TO type person who was kind of thinking out loud on Twitter as as one is wont to do and say, hey, maybe we could change up the format a little bit, make this more exciting or something. <laughs> and Aiden said, yeah, maybe. But I'm also thinking to myself, poor Aiden. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was funny is that there were some tiebreaker situations and weird formatting situations in the last IRL Summit, Summit 9. And this time they planned very, very hard around the possibility of tie-breaking situations and saying, hey, look, if we have any tie-breakers, we will play out those tie-breakers, and here's how we're going to do it. And they had this very fancy format. But guess what? There were literally no tie-breakers in all four pools, between all four players in each pool, 16 players total, no ties at all. <laughs> Is that not the most hilarious thing ever? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, poor Aiden. Okay, so when you have that, you get to the gauntlet stage, which I was saying was cool. So I'm going to stay on this train, and I'm going to prove to you it's cool by conquering my tired brain and explaining it to you. So take the pool of four players like, say, Yangling, Zane, Amsa, and who was the... Who was the other who was the other player in that pool? S fat? That doesn't sound right. I can't know because S fat played Wizrup Oh no. I'm starting to fall apart. Okay, so take that pool, right? With the three players I just named. Don't ask me to name them again. I know them, I'm just testing you. And the one that I can't remember. If you take the highest performing player, obviously in this case that was Zane and you put Zane into the gauntlet stage, you're going to give him only one match that he needs to play during the gauntlet round. Why? Because he won his pools. He went 3-0 and versus the other three opponents inside of that pool. So going into the gauntlet stage, he only has to play one match. If he wins that match, he becomes one of the top four seeds of the entire bracket. If he loses that match, he becomes seeds five through eight of the final bracket but still in winners okay so the person who plays the second best in the pool who goes either two and one or gets a tiebreaker but like i was saying earlier no tiebreakers lol 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 if you have someone who goes second best in pools behind zane let's say amsa you give Amsa only two matches in the gauntlet stage. So Amsa will have to play against the winner of the bottom two players of the pool. So they play first in the gauntlet stage, right? The two worst performing players will play against each other. Whoever wins gets to play Amsa. And whoever wins between Amsa and that player then gets to play Zane. So Technically speaking, even the two worst performing players in the pool, if they win against one another, whoever wins against the other, the bottom two, then gets to go against the second best. And if they beat the second best, then they get to go the, against the best player in their pool again. And if they beat the best player in the pool, well, then they have earned themselves a They've punched their ticket to winner side of the bracket and also a top four seeding in the bracket as well, which there are obviously a lot of good players at an invitational hello. So this isn't meaning to say that you're automatically going to get to have very nice things and win the tournament by default because you still have to play against amazing players. But that being said, would you want to play against a top five, a top three player in the first round? No, you would want to play against a five through 10 sort of of a player uh, before going into a really intense match against someone who is insanely close to your level or, or however you want to phrase it. So I may not have done a perfect job of explaining this. So my B, but I think I did pretty good in my own head. So it's hard without visuals, but let's just recap this one more time. They had the pools stage. The best performing player in each pool had the best chance at getting a top four seeded spot in the bracket. And then if you 
played well enough to win one or two matches but then fall to the best performing players, which is four, then you get seeds five through eight, but you're still in winners. And then everybody else gets seeded into losers. So that's how that works. So we had, a, we had all 16 players to start in pools, and all 16 players made it out of the gauntlet stage. But only eight of them get to be in the winner's side of the bracket. The other eight get to start off in the loser's bracket, which sucks. <laughs> of course. So here is my rough memory of how Sunday... Oh, well, I guess I should say what I did Saturday. What did I do Saturday? Can't remember. I remember pancakes was a really big part of this. Oh, and also my wife went shopping and I watched the kids. That was fun. I love hanging out with Ellie and Ezra, so don't get it twisted, all right? I'm a very loving father person. Okay. <laughs> now that we've gotten past this that, now we talk about Sunday. So Sunday morning, I did not get a lot of sleep. That's what I thought to myself as I woke up. So Saturday night into Sunday, not a lot of sleep. That's on me. That's my fault. And then I had a very busy day on Sunday. So there was an outdoor gathering that we had to drive an hour to and then an hour back from. Everybody was doing the the, the vaccination thing or the max masking with social distancing thing. And it was very pleasant to see people I have not seen since the start of the pandemic. So that was very, very pleasant. And it's family mixed with friends. And it was very, very pleasant. Me, my wife, and the kids, we all had fun. There were other kids there, so Ellie and Ezra were having a ball. And there were lots of footballs and volleyballs and soccer balls. So Ezra was very happy, but he was also really happy to see water. There was a little tiny fountain thingy that Ellie and Ezra just could not get away from. <laughs> it was like me with the phone. So that was my day, and then it's time to pay attention to what's happening for the top 16 bracket. The matches that finally have a sense of you either are going down to losers or if you're already in losers and you lose, then guess what? You're out of this tournament. So some of you know what happens in this tournament and some of you do not know what ultimately happens in this tournament, but I will try my best to sort of explain to you the bracket in a, in a loose sense, okay? No one, well, maybe some of you care that I get all the details exactly right. So you know what? I will pull up, I will pull up the bracket for you. How about that? For those of you who were going to be all uppity uppity about it, I will pull up the bracket and we can talk about it. So here was the winner's side. Zane versus Kadoran, Plop versus Mango, Amsa versus Hungrybox, Wizro versus IBDW, and then down in losers we had Sfat versus Yangling, LSD versus Axe, Two Saint versus Moki, and Aklo versus None. So, on the winner side, Zane three zero over Kadoran, Plop three one over Mango. Whoa, whoa, Plop won against Mango who was going Fox against Plup Sheik. Very interesting set. And then Hungrybox barely, barely clutches it out versus Amsa 3-2. to two. And then Wizrobe has an unfortunate 
SD versus IBDW and loses the game five. IBDW moves on three to two. So that's winners. And then SFAT 3 0 Yangling. I mean, this should not surprise anybody. And then <laughs> Axe three ones against LSD. And then Moki beats Two Saint 3 0. Very solid there. And then Nunn pulls out a game five victory over Aklo. But now they all have to move on to play against the losers from the winner side. So now it's SFAT versus Wizrobe, and Wizrobe takes it 3 1. Then Amsa goes against Axe. And this is one of the heartbreakers because Axe versus Amsa is almost like a team kill. It's not fair because that's a very wholesome friendship that a lot of people love to talk about. And I would love to see them interact in person at some point so that I can sort of feel the the magic in the air <laughs> or however you want to phrase it. But it is well documented that Axe and Amsa are very good friends, despite the fact that they were not necessarily growing up living next door to each other, more like next door in the ocean sense, just a short hop across the Pacific. But it's very cool and very sad when they have to play each other in bracket, especially in losers, because you know that one of them is going to get knocked out of the tournament. And AMSA played very well to start off in winners, but then Hungrybox is obviously a difficult opponent, especially, as you will find out, we move on in this bracket. Hungrybox played very well. But uh, uh, Axe did take it over AMSA three games to zero. Then Mango being down in the loser side very, very early. Like, when you lose on the top 16 winner side, that's quarterfinals. So there, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of sets that Mango will have to win if he wants to have any chance to go the distance here. But as you'll see, he does go pretty far. So there's a little, some, some exciting spoilery stuff for you coming up. Kadoran, meanwhile, has to face Nun, and Nun pulls that out three to two. So, <laughs> keeping track, Nun has won two games, sorry, two sets in a row, two matches in a row, both of which went game five. And he's uh, starting off in losers. So, this is just insanity to me to think that Nun is going to try to keep it going here after already playing a bunch of melee just in the first two sets in losers alone. But. Before we keep moving on here, let's go back up to winner's semifinals. So now this is top eight. It's Zane versus Plup, and Zane takes it three to one. The Marth is too good for the Sheik. And then we have Hungrybox versus IBDW, and Hungrybox actually wins three to one. Very surprising. And this was the first time that Hungrybox had managed to beat IBDW in a convincing way. I... I don't even know if I want to call it that, but the yeah, it was a 3-1, so it's not like a 3-2, but the point is is that IBDW seemed to have Hungrybox's number every day of the week, 24-7 hour support system. <laughs> he was living rent-free in Hungrybox's head, and yet somehow, mainly because of one unfortunate SD losing in game four, but the point is is that Hungrybox moves on to winner's finals, and IBDW falls into the loser's bracket. So now we have Wizrobe versus Axe. Wizrobe wins 
Mango goes up against Nun and says, don't worry, Nun, you don't have to play any more Game 5 matches today because I'm just going to 3-0 you. And it do be that way sometimes. And so now it's Plup versus Wizrobe in Losers Round 4. And Plup wins 3-0 versus Wizrobe. One of the things that seems to go around in terms of people talking about some of these matchups is that one of the rules is that Plup wins versus Wizrobe. It certainly looked that way. It, was, it wasn't really that close. And then we have IBDW coming down into losers from winners to go up against Mango, and the writing's sort of on the wall here that Mango would win 3-1, to one. and it is just so unfortunate because I want IBDW to pop off at some point, and beating Mango and Zane are definitely two Omega-sized goals to make that happen, but it was not meant to be for Smash Summit 11 for IBDW. So now we have finally come to the final part of the bracket where there are only four players left. In winner's finals, we have Zane versus Hungrybox. A classic, a certified hood classic, if you will. And Zane just makes it look too easy. And let me just say, Zane beating Hungrybox without a lot of pivot, you know, the forward throw pivot into forward smash, tipper, hitbox, and killing Jigglypuff at like, 40 there, there were not a lot of those i just can't tell you how incredible it is to see hungry box's amazing spacing just simply be nullified by zane's excellent superior spacing that's the, that's really the way that I, the only way that i can describe it to you because in a lot of ways it looks like zane is just swinging his sword but <laughs> boy does he know how to swing the sword <laughs> And so now in losers semis we have Plup versus Mango. This is a rematch from winners quarters. And this time it's going to be Mango who takes the set 3 to 1, making it making it look like as if there was no earlier match where Plup had an easy-ish, nah, easy's the wrong word, but it was 3-1 in Plup's favor in winners quarters and now what's happening here? How did Mango switch it around and after having to come out of the earlier part of the loser's bracket already on an impressive loser's run over IBDW and Nun and Moki. Wait, did I get that right? Yes, Moki, excuse me. <clears throat> and so now there are only two players left between Hungrybox and Mango who will try to face Zane in the grand finals. And Hungrybox versus Mango is also another certified classic because they have played so many matches, and it's been interesting how in some years, literal years and eras, Mango will win constantly, and Hungrybox will then win constantly, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But today, it is Mango who takes that set over Hungrybox. Three games to one, and so impressive to see. Hungrybox did clutch out one game, but in the in the in game four had an opportunity to do so again but just didn't quite capitalize and so now we have mango versus zane and mango's coming out of loser so he has to not only beat zane one match but also two matches if it goes that far even so here's the crazy part of all this this will be the first time that mango plays 
Fox against Zane. Up to now, with the Marth that Zane has unleashed upon the world and made everyone cower in a corner, Mango has always brought the Falco, has always brought the bird to fight against Zane. But this time, it's going to actually be Fox. My first thought was, when I saw this happening, I was thinking to myself, how could this possibly result in anything but a 3-1, maybe a 3-2 victory for Zane? And this was something that I went over with Firepuff12 in our preview of the bracket in our episode together. You should go check that. <laughs> you should go check that out. I've been doing this one take since the past 20 minutes, so let me slip up every now and again. Okay. Back to the bracket, back to grand finals. It's Zane versus Mango, where I said to Firepuff12, it's going to be Zane. And Fire said, it's going to be Mango. So who's going to be right? And more importantly, who's actually going to win? Who's going to take the largest prize pool in Melee history? But more importantly, prove who is the best player right now. And although I'm sure if Zane or Mango ever hear this, they probably won't. If they ever did, they would be very annoyed at me bringing up Leffen, but I have to do it just for the sake of Leffen, I guess. And also Pipsqueak. They both tried. They both tried very hard to get over to Summit 11 because they were both invited over from Europe. But neither of them were able to compete in this bracket. I don't know how far I expected Pipsqueak to go, but for Leffen, I expected there to be a certainly a top eight placing I would even so go as so far to say top three placing would be expected. So the fact that we missed out on that is so very sad. But enough about Leffen. Enough about Pipsqueak. I have acknowledged the unfortunateness behind that. But now, once again, we return after I've rabbit trailed twice back to grand finals. So the first game in set one is Pokemon Stadium, and it just looks... Zane makes it look so easy for the first few minutes where he's up three stocks to one, but then Mango brings it back to one stock apiece and actually is up on percent as well. Just had an amazing third stock, but then loses his third stock and is now on his fourth stock. He has zero, and Zane is running at about 100%, 110%. And just grabs him after Mango throws out a standing up smash. I think it was supposed to be a dash up smash, if I had to guess. But I don't know that for a fact. Only Mango knows. But either way, throws out a standing up smash. And Zane goes, welp, I guess I will grab. And zero to death. (laughs) Ken Combo certified hood classic. This is street melee, okay? We're going to Ken Combo the crap out of this fox. And so naturally we go to Dreamland. And once again, Zane just gets a lead and more or less holds on to it and then wins that game. So now Mango is down two games to zero, has won no games. Now, Mango can win a game. We all feel this. And he actually does. They go back to Dreamland and Mango wins game three to make it two games to one. But you know what happens next or you should know what happens next. Zane is going to take Mango and take Mango's Fox to Final Destination, a stage which is more or less a graveyard for Foxes, especially up against players like Zane, like that Marth, who have impeccable punish. The other thing, though, is that something 
changed in game three. So in Dreamland, after the second attempt going to Dreamland and, and beating Zane on the second try, Mango came out the start game three with, with something different, just a, a faster pace, even faster somehow than he was already playing. Even getting even more aggressive or, or, or trying to get more reads. I don't even know if that's true, but just increasing pressure, threatening with really quick options because, you know, run and shine and shine grab and the nares and the, and the, all the, you know, you get it, all the stuff to sort of thwart Zane's spacing and, and, and Zane's pressure as well, but also the dash dancing and the grabs and whatnot there seemed to be something that clicked. So going into game four, everybody was going, Mangoes has the momentum now, but can this momentum be anything compared to what Zane can do on Final Destination? And so last stock each, Zane pulls, <laughs> not Zane. <laughs> uh, I feel so sorry for all of you who are rooting for Zane right now. Uh Mango pulls out game four in a last stock situation and beats Zane on Final Destination as Fox. And as Edwin Budding, Edwin Budding put onto the Monday Morning Marth, the article that you should definitely go read, MeleeStats.co or MeleeStats.com. You know what? Let's just make sure that we have MeleeStats. Mm -hmm. Have that right. MeleeStats.co. Sorry. I... Knew it was MeleeStats.co, but I am so tired, and you still don't know why that is. Well, maybe you're starting to figure it out. But that's that's the whole thing. Edwin Budding, in his article about all the craziness of Zane losing to A. Fox on FD, is the simple fact that it has not happened literally in years. <laughs> and so you're telling me that the first time that Zane has lost to a Fox on FD in bracket in years, you're telling me that somehow Mango has to do it again in the next five minutes. <laughs> and yet that's exactly what he does. That's, you heard me right. Mango beat Zane on Final Destination two times in a row. The utter insanity to reset the bracket. This was game five. And not only did he win, but he two-stocked him. He two-paced that mother panda. Oh, my gosh. The insanity. It's like 11, I want to say 1140 or 1145 at this point. And I'm just going utterly bananas. And when I say I'm going bananas, really, I'm just lying down quietly in my bed thinking about whether or not I should try and go to sleep. But that's the truth of the matter. It, I I knew this. I was just lying to myself. Of course, I was staying up for the rest of this. Are you kidding me? I was thinking about going to sleep after winner's finals was over because I was like, well, Zane's in winners. So that pretty much means that this whole thing's over. Who's going to beat Zane in, in the grand final set two times? Not only one time, but two times. Who's going to do that? And Mago can't do that. Plup or Hungrybox, none of the three remaining players can do And yet here we are. Mango just reset bracket. And so we game we go we go into match two, reset. Both of them are in losers now, quote unquote, if you will. So we start on Pokemon Stadium. Zane wins that, and now we go to Dreamland. And so Mango is very much aware that winning 
four games on Final Destination would be a bit of a tall order. And so with a crazy run in up smash, this time the dash comes out before the up smash does, wins game two versus Zane on Dreamland. And now we go to game three, which is going to be Final Destination. And Zane wins that, which is to be expected. It do be that way sometimes. And so now we're going to go to... I want to say stadium, but that doesn't sound right. What's what did we go to after after because it wasn't it was not Fountain of Dreams. Oh right, it was Yoshi's, and Mango takes that game versus Zane to make it game ten. So now we have played nine games, going into ten games of Mango versus Zane, and it's going to be on Battlefield, a classic. And a great video that Awesome Sauce made recently about the shenanigans for Battlefield made me think to myself, are we going to see shenanigans today? <laughs> are we going to see shenanigans today with the little tiny, tiny, tiny isms of this stage? Of how, like, if, you, if you're if you too close but not close enough, but just at the right range of close but not quite close for the ledges, you will just straight up miss the ledge. I did not know that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Are there going to be weird things like that? It, there are all kinds of possibilities, even on a stage like Battlefield where something crazy can happen, but it's already insane that we're at this point. And so, as you would expect, only, only people who write scripts can come up with this kind of ridiculousness. It goes down to last stock, 0% each, and so now all it takes is for one player to convert on one combo or to get one edge guard, and that's it. And that's it. And it's so weird because Mago gets a little bit of damage, doesn't really get much, and then Zane rips off about 60 or so and then gets Mango onto the top platform where wasn't able to quite catch him, and Mango does a shield drop bear to hit Zane, who then opts to sort of slide off double jump off the platform and then gets hit with I think it was a Nair and then a Shine and now all of a sudden Zane because he used his double jump and never landed is off stage with no double jump and is going farther away from the stage because of the shine hit it's going very far away from the stage now he's below stage <laughs> and he's still kind of starting to sort of start to drift back but there's just something so weird about fox's shine where it doesn't make you fly as far as falco's shine especially as the damage increases the knockback increases for falco's shine quite nicely but for even even at a higher percent fox's shine will not send you flying super hard but then somehow for some reason for the th reasons that i can't explain and the melee expert would be able to tell me this but zane just goes really far on this shine it can't do anything and throws out a couple of side bees to try to get back towards the ledge but all mango has to do is ledge hog roll and that's it mango wins his very first smash summit ever mango has been to every single one of them but is finally coming out on top so congratulations to mango ggs what i will say on behalf of zane who got 
so close to winning this set a few different times. Obviously, in the first set was one win away after winning the first two games. It was 2-0 in his favor and had three chances to close it out, and two of which were on Final Destination and was not able to do it. And then in the second set, also had two chances, one on Yoshi's, one on Battlefield to try and close it out. But again, Mango just seemed to have the clutchest of genes. It was so interesting to watch, and I've watched it back two times already. I still can't quite describe to you how insane both of them were playing, but just like in the same way of how I was describing to you earlier that Zane just does this thing where he will somehow outspace Hungrybox, who I feel like is a great player at weaving in and out, bubble theory, right? Weaving in and out of getting hit and then throwing a hit himself, which is usually a bear because it's Jigglypuff. But somehow Zane got a little bit outspaced in, in these games versus Mango. And Mango was able to apply enough pressure and also ride off of the thought of, hey, this is a $150,000 prize pool. A solid third of that or, or whatever is going to go to the winner of this of this set. I have not played in this exact situation before, but I have played plenty of Melee to be able to fall back on that. After he went down to interview with the couch and everyone's cheering Mango and all that kind of stuff, one of the things he said was just relying on muscle memory. Now, that doesn't mean that Zane doesn't have muscle memory. Of course Zane has muscle memory. Of course Zane has been in these sort of situations. I mean, just look at Genesis 7 where he beats Hungrybox and slays the Dreamland counterpick for the first time and played extraordinarily well throughout the entire bracket and winning Genesis 7. I mean, that was so, so awesome. After seeing him drop some Game 5s in 2019, including the Big House 9, which was a Zane versus Mango classic. And that was Falco versus Marth. Mango's Falco, Zane's Marth. And Zane lost that as well, Game 10. They went 10 games in two sets in Grand Finals, and Mango came out on top. It would just be so insane to think that he would find himself in this situation again where it's going Game 10 yet again with Mango and the only difference being it's just a new day. It's a new bracket. And yeah, there's also Fox instead of Falco, but it's like, it's been years for both of these players collectively, like 30 or whatever many years of playing this game of playing melee and going full time and being signed to esports teams and doing the content, playing in online brackets during the rollback era, grinding, even despite the fact that there were no in-person majors for a long time, and this is the first one back. You could just tell, or at least I could tell, that there was just a little bit, just a little bit of the moment getting to Zane. Just because there were little tiny drops, things that you would not necessarily expect Zane to drop, that doesn't mean 
that does not mean that he was playing awfully. I think both these players were playing about as well as you would expect two players at this stage of the tournament to be playing because something about grand finals, in my opinion, is that you never quite see the players at their absolute best in grand finals because of the moment of saying, oh, this is this really matters. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to not make mistakes and so you'll play more defensive just just by the fact that it's grand finals and you're trying to win like really really hard (laughs) there's so much pressure and so you kind of like slow yourself down a little bit almost but that because of that i'm trying to say because of that you don't quite get awesome melee in grand finals at all times and it also doesn't help when there's a person that you don't necessarily want to see But I think that the Grand Finals performance of Zane and Mango, both of them, in their performance last night for the Grand Finals of Smash Summit 11 was about as well as I'd seen two players playing in Grand Finals, the performances collectively. Like sometimes we have one player who is just playing absolutely out of their minds, dummy fast, like Leffen versus Armada in Evo 2018. Leffen just was schmoving, even in grand finals after a three-day tournament, or at least two days. Was Evo 2018 a three-day bracket or was it a two-day bracket? But anyway, both of them were playing at a really, really high level. So when I say I think they were both like collectively, I mean, that might be the best collectively well-played melee in grand finals I might have ever seen. I'm just struggling to think of a better grand finals of two players both collectively playing very well because it was just so close in each game. There might have been only one three-stock game, maybe just one. I'm pretty sure it was either two stocks or less. And a lot of them went down to the last stock, kind of last hit sort of scenarios. It's just so, so good for each of them. So I'm trying to give credit to Zane here because this is obviously a very, very tough loss. Zane tweeted out that it was, like, is by far the worst loss of his career and was definitely feeling the feels. And Mango, on the other hand, of course, was definitely getting into party mode, all that, all that fun stuff. So good for Mango. But I, I do feel that... Zane is going to have a hard time with this for a little while because who wouldn't? But I also believe that Zane will be able to take this moment to take the games from last night and turn this into dozens of masterful performances and victories in tournaments to come. The reason why I say dozens is because Zane is a relatively young player In terms of the melee career he has forged thus far, he has not played a 10-year career just yet. It's like year seven or eight, I want to say. So getting there, but not quite 10 years exactly. He didn't start in 2011. I think it was like closer to like 2013-ish. So, oh, hey, by the way, Zane, if you ever want to come on for Okay, so I'm saying that Zane, despite the fact that there was just so much experience that he had. He's still he's still learning in the same way that we all are, I guess, and, and Mango included. It was just Mango's been playing since like 2005 or something. It's just utterly insane. And 
Zane is going to have a window of time in my head where he's going to be dominating majors and the more he gets better and I, I still think he continues to get better <laughs> at melee somehow than he already is as he continues to get better I, I fully believe in that in that happening so as happy as I am for Mango and I, I do feel bad that Zane lost because who I mean I would feel bad for whoever lost in grand finals versus a magical losers run like that because you have to ultimately be the person that was in the way it's just so hard to be in that scenario. It's like how Super Bowl champions and Super Bowl teams and players who go to the big game only to lose. Like think about the Buffalo Bills in the 1990s. They went to four Super Bowls in a row and they lost four Super Bowls in a row. They played just as many games as the Super Bowl champions. They had to do the same preseason, the same regular season, the same playoffs. They had to do the exact same amount of work. They had to wait for the big game. They had to do everything that the Super Bowl winning teams did that beat them, and that was the only difference, that one team won and one team lost. And so you have two players going to grand finals, and one has to lose. And it's still very sad, even if there are going to be plenty of opportunities for Zane. So... I'm trying to juggle two different emotions at the same time here, but in my excitement for Mango, let's just not forget about how awesome of a player Zane is and what a bright future he has and the perfect competitor spirit. Something that I said on Twitter under one of Zane's tweets from today talking about how he feels love and support, which is great, and just saying I'm, 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 I'm going to continue to play and that kind of thing. It's really cool to hear. Really excited to see what Zane does next. And Mango as well, because that rivalry, of course, it's been there since 2019. But I'm looking forward to continuing to see it in other grand final sets in the future at Super Majors. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And I hope to participate in some way to do something as we continue to get closer to me actually owning a house which is coming up here shortly we're going to be settling soon and then having internet and starting to experiment with doing more stuff in the content creation game i am trying to level up i am trying to get there but it's going to probably take years before i ever get to the point where turn down for walt kind of a thing where he goes and it'll just fly out to California and do some stuff and then just fly back and then work a work week. Much respect to Walt for doing stuff like that. So cool to see. But how long has Walt been doing content for? Think about it. Go back onto his YouTube channel and scroll down or just go starting from oldest to newest. He hasn't been doing this for six months like I have. He's been doing it for years. And so although in my heart, I see announcements like Genesis 8, which is happening in 2022, January 2022. Like, I see the fact that Genesis 8 is being announced, and I go, oh, I want that so badly. I want to go. I want to do content while I'm there, and I want to interview 
people that I normally wouldn't be able to like get quote unquote, because I could just, <laughs> I could just walk up to them and be like, Hey, what are you doing right now? Can I pull you aside for an interview real quick? And they'll be like, Ugh, but then they'll do it. Right. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Thank you so much for your time and be polite about it. But also be like, look, you don't get that kind of thing. If you don't ask, you have to ask. And I've gotten brave enough to ask. I do that online all the time, <laughs> but learning that in person as well and having a video to go along with not just audio because a lot of people have said you really should do video and I go I know I know and just being patient with all that is what I'm saying is hard it's hard to be patient because I want to be at a spot where I can do more <laughs> with melee for melee that kind of thing but I also want to be happy where I am I want to recognize that I'm in that process of getting better and learning more things about just how to do all of this and recognizing all of that, recognizing where I am. This is not the destination. This is just part of the journey. So I will continue to be patient. This was a great tournament. I stayed up until past one o'clock trying to go to sleep and I was just so excited. I was shaking after game 10. I was shaking when Manga was doing his speech still and I was shaking even a little bit after the broadcast ended and I was just scrolling on Twitter hearting everyone's like melee tweets and we were like trending at like number five or number four something like that on Twitter across all Twitter all the categories. I was like heck yeah and seeing some meme stuff that was already coming out from the grand finals and just seeing like how hopeful <laughs> everybody was just because mango wins a, a melee tournament in 2021 how crazy is that but i had to go to sleep because i woke up at 5:45 like 4 hours or less later and it's time to go to work and i worked very nearly 12 hours. It was like 11 hours and 40 minutes I worked today. And it is not a sit down at the desk and chill for 11 and a half hours kind of a job. I'm on my feet and I do a little bit of driving here and there and it's not easy work. But I love my job so I suck it up and deal with it and I need to get some sleep tonight hopefully. That's sort of what comes out of all of that. So I'm very tired now on Monday night and here we are. It's almost been, it's 11, 11 PM. It's almost been 24 hours since Mango won smash summit 11. I'm very tired. And I assume that a lot of people that watched the event and stayed up too late as well. Hey, Ryo beat shout outs. I know you were staying up too late <laughs> and, and many others, of course, <coughs> that now there's just, like I was saying earlier, how a lot of people were like, ah, dang it, I'm going to play Melee again, or uh, this makes me want to up the content game. Like Walt's like, I have a job, and I'm supposed to do like 5 million things. I have so many ideas all of a sudden. Like, oh, it's so cool to hear like how people just see beautiful Melee, something that very few people can give us at the top level. There's so much beautiful Melee across all skill levels. And also shout outs to Sprinting Legs, my YouTube content producer. I don't do the video stuff. I send it to Sprinting Legs, who then turns it into a video. So thank you. But Sprinting Legs won a money match, a $5 money match. And that was so cool. 
So good for you, sprinting legs. Woo! <laughs> it doesn't matter per se, but obviously what, what, what people notice, what a lot of casuals notice is what's happening at the top. And at the top, we have a really, really awesome set of players who can challenge each other and yes there are players who are going to have weaknesses against like the the bracket demons if you will wizzy is gonna beat up on certain players but then certain players are gonna beat up on wizzy and then you have the newer challengers like lsd and aklo who are probably gonna lose most of the pool matches and are probably going to not do much better than one and two in bracket if that but are there because of all the hard work that Aklo and LSD have been putting in all throughout the online era and all the rollback matches that each of them have played. And it's thanks to Fizzy and the Project Slippy team that we've been able to even have reasonably awesome online melee as compared to delay-based netcode, which was tough even coast-to-coast -coast in the United States to do, much less across the pond or long distance it's now somewhat feasible to go across the pond to play against Europe in rollback, and it's certainly doable coast-to-coast -coast in the United States. Now, don't get me... I'm, I understand what the people be saying on Twitter. People be saying it's still not CRT Melee, and, of course, not, I don't, I'm not arguing that. What I am saying, though, is that we had this online rollback era, and it was so much better than what it looked like it was going to be in March of 2020. In March of 2020, it did not look good. And even at the, towards the end of 2020, when we were starting to get used to online matches, but then sort of just kind of like going like, is this going to be it for, for how long? And having an awesome community grassroots fundraiser for, for COVID-related relief efforts and for other charities as well and saying, hey, we want to rally behind good causes and put on good Melee content and good Melee brackets. And we did all that with five days of Melee. I did not personally participate because that was, that was before my time <laughs> as a content producer, person, creator, excuse me. But... I was able to witness that and it was amazing. Stuff like the Squid House as well. By the way, shout outs to the Splatoon community. What a great way to get back into IRL majors with Smash Summit 11 leading the way. We've been having locals and some regionals kind of pop up here and there in the past month and a half or so since like the middle of June when vaccinations were really starting to increase in terms of people being fully vaccinated and able to go out and about but yes this was the first major where all the big players were coming out and again it was so unfortunate that pipsqueak and leffen were unable to make this because of stupid stupid bs things for the united states government and i assume other people as well i only know that the united states government sucks so i will gladly dunk on them but <laughs> It's just ridiculous that they weren't able to play. And so we look forward to when they are able to play. Hey, how about Smash Summit 12 in December? That's right. We already know that it's happening. Start saving your money now for the favorite person you want to have voted in. Being able to help campaign Nick Yangling into Summit 11, into Bracket, because 
it, yeah, you could have Yangling buy a Summit VIP pass and be able to be at the event. That's cool. That's cool. But what about getting to play against the very best? Could you not, my average dear listener, not the Zanes and Mangos who listen to this podcast, of course they're not listening to this, by the way. Don't get your hopes up. But to all of you who have never played on a stage like Summit 11 last night, how cool was it that we voted somebody like Nick Yangling in who is not the level of an average Joe because that's me, but Yangling has never been able to have this kind of power-up possibility. Now, hopefully he gets to go back to Arizona and power up the Arizona Smash community, the Arizona Melee community. Maybe there'll be some good spaces that come out of this other than Axe's secondaries. I honestly couldn't tell you who else plays Melee in the state of Arizona besides Axe, The Cheat, and Nick Yingling. But I would love for, first of all, for Yingling to get better, but also to see other players come out of Arizona as a result of this because I loved how Jack Zillis said this on the... Austin Maley podcast, or it was Patty who said this. One of one of the two of them said it. How it was just like, you get a player into Summit, they power up, but when they come back, they power up all of the local players in their scene. So cool. So I'm hoping to see that out of Yingling. I'm hoping to see that out of Aklo. I'm hoping to see that out of LSD. But I'm even hoping to see that out of players like Mango and Zane. Even players at the very top power up against each other and make melee beautiful music stuff like scar was saying on the broadcast last night shout outs to scar oh shout outs to the grand finals couch it was lovage scar toaf and homemade waffles friend of the program great to have them all on the couch I thought that was great summit commentary all around. So there were other people throughout the whole summit doing commentary and they had on players doing commentary as well. LSD had fantastic commentary and I don't care what Twitch chat says. They can go, they can go fluff their pillows or blow a balloon or whatever. I loved LSD's commentary and everybody else who was guest spotting on the players hopping onto the couch for one or two sets at a time. It was great. Melee is beautiful. Melee is the best game for playing in an esports environment, for enjoying watching in an esports environment, even doing casual stuff. It is such an amazing game, and I'm so happy that even after all this time where I constantly thought to myself, I need to give myself reasons not to try and get involved with melee ever since i found out about in 2006 that even after all this time melee refused to give up and so i have since come to the realization that i can't give up melee part of the reason why i'm doing this podcast is because i finally said screw this melee's not going anywhere i can't i can't ignore melee anymore i gotta have more melee in my life (laughs) it's just too good and so even Watching it on Twitch live last night was just like it gave me such a, a a feeling of joy seeing seeing the players compete and not knowing what was going to happen and the whole experience was amazing and so a thanks of course needs to be given to the BTS the Beyond the Summit team who puts on amazing events including 
including Smash Summit 11, especially Aiden, who I think is now more or less officially moving on to be part of the Mogul Moves team to be a Ludwig citizen. What do they... Oh, Ludbuds. But Aiden is more than just a Ludbud. Aiden is also a co-host of the Yard podcast and blah, 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 blah. Going to be very busy and so doesn't work for Beyond the Summit anymore after this weekend, as I understand correctly, but is a great TO. So congratulations on a great tournament. Aiden, congratulations to the rest of the Beyond the Summit team. You all did such an amazing job. Congratulations to the players. GG's all around. Congratulations to all of the viewers who helped crowdfund the biggest pot prize pool pot 150k plus congratulations to all of you i helped contribute a little bit as well despite the fact that i'm moving i had to help get england the summit are you kidding me (laughs) 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 you want to be part of history and i'm going to remember july 5th of 2022 i'm going to post another video about the magic of of air yangling day you kidding me july 5th will always be air yangling day to me now there's just going to be certain things that I'll remember even a year from now, even 10 years from now, from this year of 2021 of me getting more involved with Melee, being able to participate to some degree, but just more importantly, enjoying it. Because in the past, I would I would see things and I would go, oh, that's fun. I wish, ah, but no, I can't or I, I'm not good enough or, or whatever. But now finally getting to experiencing that more has been a blessing and it has been a blessing to get to know all of the lovely people who either listen to the podcast or have come on for interviews and it's been great. I feel like we're all kind of moving in a more positive direction just because Mango won a stupid summit event. <laughs> but that's what that's what happens. That's what happens. When people press buttons good, people become very, very happy. So Ride the emotions now. I know we'll come back to a place where maybe things are sucky again, but we will always have these moments to look back on as well. We have bad moments and we have good moments, but as long as we keep churning out the good moments, riding through the bad times together will be worth it because we can always find the light again. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you all enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the post-summit feelings and withdrawal i know that i'll be missing it but the good news for you is that we have gallant melee open summer edition that's right we're back at it again this is going to be a great online bracket with a five thousand dollar prize pool i believe across either several events or maybe just five thousand singles and a thousand for doubles or something like that I'm getting some of the details wrong, but I assure you, if you go to Gallant Gaming on Twitter, you will find all the information that you want to know about the event, but it is happening this weekend, so be sure to tune in and enjoy some more amazing Melee. If you didn't get to be a part of Summit 11, just hop in. Whatever your first event is, whatever the first live tournament is that you watch or that you attend or that you play in or that you win, whichever is your first for Melee, just hop in because when you do, you'll get new experiences as you continue to get more and more involved and as you learn how to help as well because it's been really cool to see how I've been able to help a little bit here and there with other people's stuff or just be a listening ear or or be nice to people, be loving to people. 
I keep wanting to say goodbye, but I'm also thinking about something that Pew Pew You, Kevin Toy, posted onto Twitter earlier today, basically saying, look, Melee and fighting games in general, the, the FGC, there seems to be this this celebration of of good of good games being played and for competitors who play against each other yes obviously each player wants to win but they're happy for the for the person who wins usually there are exceptions to this you can look it up if you want to look up salty smash compilations or whatever i'm sure you can find it where maybe perhaps the loser is not quite as excited as maybe other times <laughs> but we support each other is so cool and kevin was basically highlighting how that is not always the case so we have something special here and i really hope that you the listener and for me the person who's been rambling an hour straight with no breaks no retakes or redos let's go that we can find ways to contribute and to help as well as to enjoy and bask in the experience yes part of it is definitely the consuming content machine that melee can be but in order to do that we need creators we need artists we need people who want to press buttons good as well who are going to carry melee for years to come you don't get mango overnight it's been 10 plus years getting up to this point just insane to think about but i really hope that for myself for you, the listener, listeners, that we can all figure out how we can continue to not only bask in Melee, but also to help contribute to it as well in, in, in small ways that we can. And knowing that there's things like Five Days of Melee, where we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity, Smash Summit 11, where we raise 150k for the pop bonus for the players so everyone who went to summit is is at least able to pay rent this month at least <laughs> or maybe buy out an open bar for a few nights <laughs> at the most i don't know how much an open bar costs in california but i would imagine it is not cheap <laughs> but we can do stuff like that because we support each other so let's continue to do that i have rambled long enough I'm not thinking of anything anymore because I'm going to call it now, okay? I swear, tap the phone. How many minutes are left? Is it just enough for me to fade away? Good, because I need to go to bed. I really need to go to bed. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time on Bottom of the Smash Mountain.